everyone. This is Pastor Ryan, and this is our podcast. Welcome to Live Alive Church, and I just want to thank you for listening in. I hope this message encourages you, strengthens your faith, and causes you to keep pressing forward for who God has called you to be and created you to be. God bless. Genesis chapter 21. When you're there, say amen. This is what the Bible says. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Underline that. I want you to, I just want you to underline that, highlight that. That is your verse of the week. Yep, verse one, it says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore to him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. I want you to note that God spoke to him about the promise he was going to give him when he was 75 years old. God gave his promise to him when he was 100 years old. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. So I want to speak to you from the thought, God will do what he said he will do. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, that your word is already anointed. I just pray that you would anoint your servant one more time, that I would be able to preach your word with boldness and clarity and directness of purpose, God, penetrating the heart of the matter that we all battle with, that we all struggle with. God, that we would, we would have victory. God, that we would have peace and fullness of joy. Knowing, God, that you said you would, you would do what you said you would do. Even though it may not look like it at times, God, you said you would do it. It's going to happen. So, Father, I pray that today, Lord, we would win victory in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I want you to understand that God is the God of the impossible. That there are certain things in your life that God will do that you would just blow your mind because have you ever been in a situation in your life that you looked back and said, there was no way I could have got through it but God? Mm -hmm. Has there any, ever been a situation in your life that you have struggled with, that you have battled with, that you have gone through a storm, you've gone through some pain, you've gone through some hurt, and you said, there's no way, if God is real, then he'll get me through this. And then all of a sudden, God showed up, and you said, what was impossible for man was possible for God. Because we all know that God is above all, in all, and through all. And that the way he thinks is not the way we think. He can make the crooked path straight and the rough path smooth in our lives. 
He, he look what what is possible for man is impossible for is, is is God can do the impossible is what I'm saying. So what's impossible for man is possible for God. Uh, sorry, I'm getting tongue tied, but I'm gonna get to my point in a minute. You know, when Mary, when when the angel spoke to Mary, the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary and said, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and that you are going to have a son and you would name him, name him Jesus. And that moment when God had given her the promise that was spoken over her life when she was, what, 14 years of age is what scholars believed she was, 14 years of age. And when she was 14 years of age, God had spoke to her and said that you're going to bear a son and his name is going to be Jesus. And in the midst of that moment, she didn't really truly understand, but she said that she said that it is God is the God of the impossible. Because she didn't quite understand that the Holy Spirit that was hovering over her, that she was going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit and that she was going to have a son that was going to be the deliverer of the whole world. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and so what happens is that God, when he speaks a promise in your life and he speaks over your life and says that he's going to do things, you have to understand that sometimes when he says something, you may not understand it in the first at first. But there will be times when you ha when God does say something and he speaks that promise in your life that you have to understand when he does speak it that you must believe it. Because if you don't believe that God is going to do something, guess what happened to Zechariah? The same thing happened to Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. That uh, God said that you're going to bear a son. And that your wife is going to become pregnant. And the angel appeared to Zechariah. You can read this in the book of Luke. And when, when he showed up to him, he, he, he didn't believe what God said he was going to do. And what God do? He shut his mouth so he couldn't speak. And, and, he didn't, and he didn't open his mouth until, until what happened? Until he named his son John, John the Baptist. So sometimes God won't allow you to step into what God, has, what God wants you to step into until you start speaking life to what he has already called you to have. Does that make sense? So if God told you that you're going to have a good marriage, guess what? Start speaking it. If you're having struggles in a relationship, if you're having a battle with your job, if you're having a struggle in any area of your life, what God is saying is that you have to speak to that situation and speak life to it. Because if you don't believe that he's going to do it, it's never going to happen. That we have to step into what God has for us. And if the only way we can step into it is to do what he has called us to do. And if we're going to believe that he's going to do it, we must believe in our hearts and in our minds that he's going to do what he's called us to do and what he's promised over our lives. When, when, uh, see, see, sometimes it becomes too hard and we walk away. We walk away from those things that become too hard because we, we'd rather continue to stay comfortable where we're at than to work on the thing that we really need to work on to make us better. Anybody, do I got a witness here? That sometimes, sometimes things that we deal with, it's easier just to stay comfortable right where we're at than to step outside that comfort zone and say, you know what, i got to do something to make this better. Guess what? Your, gas ain't gonna have, your car ain't going to have gas in it unless you put the gas in it. Yeah. Casper the ghost isn't going to show up and put gas in your car for you to get down the road. You understand what I'm saying? 
you have to actually you actually have to do things yourself in order for something to change. I know we don't like to hear that. We believe that we can just sit back and God, you're the miraculous. And I'm not saying he can't do it because he can do it. He can do all things. But God wants you to be involved in everything that he wants you to be involved in because the only way that things are going to change is if you, if you step up to the plate and do it. We have to make sure we're stepping up to the plate and do it. That's exactly what happened with the disciples. When, when all the disciples, it was like 77 of them, came up to Jesus, and Jesus was like, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they looked at him like, this guy's cannibal. Is this, what is this? Is it Hannibal cannibal? I mean, I, and, and guess what? Half of them, really all of them, turned around and said this is too hard for us I can't do that and they walked away they walked away and then Jesus looked at his disciples and said are you going to walk away with them and Peter spoke up and said Jesus where must we go you're the only ones with the power with the words of power so where, where where should I go what must I do? Because he knew in that moment that he was the only one that could get them through every struggle, every battle, and, and get them through any situation in their lives. See, the other ones thought it was too hard. They, they really literally thought that they must drink Jesus' blood and eat his flesh. No, Jesus wasn't talking about his flesh he was talking about something spiritual that had to take place see that's what happens when when it becomes too hard we start thinking with our carnal mind that oh I, it's it's not going to work out it's just never going to happen it's just not possible there's no way that it's going to happen you ever been there it's just no way god you're going to get me through this it's just no way that i'm going to be get, get the healing it's no way that i'm going to get the victory it's no way that i'm going to get the peace that i've been looking for it's no way it's no way it's no way it's no way and we continue then what happens is, is we continue to do things operating out of our own flesh and we and, and we do stuff instead of allowing god to do it for us you get me because guess what happened with abraham before all this happened and before the promise had come to place, because God had talked to Abraham and said that your wife Sarah is going to bore a son in your old age, right? So what happened was, was through the process in Genesis chapter 12, when God spoke to Abraham and said, you, you all know the story. He said, get out of your country and I'm going to take you to a place that I'm going to show you. A land that is flowing with milk and honey and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to do all these things in and through you. In that moment, his name was just Abram which means exalted father. Just in that moment, his name was Abram. I want you to understand that. Exalted father. And so what happened was, is through the process, as he's on his way through the journey to the promised land, and where God has spoken to him, God said, you know what, go out, go out and just walk the length and walk the breadth of the land. This is all that I'm giving you. I mean, he touched it, he felt it, he seen it, he looked at it, he knew it, but he just still didn't understand all that God, he, he's like, yeah, God, you're going to give me all this, but how am I going to be blessed through my offspring when I can't even have children when I'm this old? 75, can you imagine? Can you imagine, Brother Junior? 75 years old trying to have a baby. Like, God, you really must have to do something that, uh, you know, this is impossible. Like, come on, Lord, really. 
and through the process as he's as he's as he's as he's going to the promised land guess what happens is it becomes too hard for them it becomes too hard for Sarah as she's, as she's sitting there. She's like, there's no way that this is going to happen. There's no way that, you know, I'm going to have a baby. There's no way that, th that this can take place. There's no way that I'm going to be able to have a child. And she says, you know what, Abraham, this is what we'll do. This is what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and you just sleep with, you sleep with the servant, Hagar, and, and that's how we'll have a child. So you sleep with Hagar, and guess what he did? He listened to his wife, and I'm not, that's another whole other sermon. I'm not even going to go there. He listened to his wife and slept with the servant. And they had a child named Ishmael. Y'all know the story? Not go back and read it. They had, a, they had a son named Ishmael. Why? Because they were tired of waiting for what God had promised them. They wanted it right now. Look, I know I'm that way sometimes. I want what I want when I want it. And how I want it, I want it tied up in a bow. I want the sprinkles on. I, I want it how I want it to happen. So what happens is, is they end up having something because they weren't. Sometimes the things worth waiting for, or sometimes things are worth waiting for, right? And we don't want to wait for it to happen. We don't want to wait for that breakthrough. We don't want to wait for God to do the mending. We don't want to wait for God to do the healing. We don't want to wait for God to put us up on platforms. We don't want to wait for God to, to bring in the people. We don't want to wait for God to do big things. We don't want to wait for God to do what he said he would do. Because if God promised us and God spoke it, he is going to do it. No matter what it is in your life that you're asking God for and wanting God to do, God will do it. But you can't do things on your own and expect God to bless it. You have to allow God to work through the process and allow him to do what he said he was going to do. You can't just, look, you can't substitute. That's what we do. We substitute our promise and settle for less. Right? Right? So what happens is, 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 is now Abraham is and, and, and Hagar, they get in a fight. You know, they get in a fight because, oh, that, that, that woman you slept with and she was all upset about it. You can, read, you can read it in there. And she's the one who told him to sleep with the servant so they could have a child. So they get to this place. Look, you got to understand that, that, that when God called Abraham out, he, he gave him three things. And this is what God is going to do. This is what God's doing in and through us. This is what he's doing. When God spoke his promise and when God is speaking into you and when God has called you to do something and when God has put a place, a gift inside of you and a calling inside of you, guess what? His promises are yes and amen. That's it. His promises are yes and amen. The Bible says that where the eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of men what God has prepared for those who love him. If God spoke it, honey, he's going to do it. And that's what I have to lean on every time, that even when I don't see the results I'm looking for, if I don't see what I believe God should be doing, God is still doing what he said he would do, even though it don't look like it. When I look around in the circumstances around me, I still have to lean on this and say, God, if you spoke it, you are not a man that you shall lie nor the son of man that you shall repent that God you will fulfill the purpose in my life of what you have promised me to do and he will do it he will do it and he told Abraham he said get from your country I'm going to make you into a great nation watch this the first thing he said I'm going to make you into a great nation in other words he said I'm going to develop you at that moment 
Abram didn't even really know what he was even talking about. What he even meant. But he just said, you know what, where I'm at isn't really working. So whatever, God, you have for me, I'm just going to do it anyway. So he still stepped out in faith and went to where God had called him to. So that's the first thing. God wants to develop us so that way we are right for the destiny that he's calling us to. You understand? In other words, when God called me to launch a church in Salisbury, this was, this was the, the area where I was in my addiction. This is where I was born and this is where I grew up. And I knew that when God was calling me to this city that it was going to be rough and that there was going to be demons that we would have to fight in order to get us to where we... To, to, look, things are easy when it's handed to you. Uh -huh. If somebody gave you a car and blessed you with a car, a year from the road, a year down the road, you would probably not take care of it as much as if you actually bought it with your own money. Hmm? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but I believe what God was is trying to do in me is that Salisbury is already right. It's already ripe for the harvest. God was just saying that I'm going to place you in Salisbury. It's already ripe, but I have to do something inside of you so that way Salisbury's ready for you. Because Salisbury's already ready. He just said, I need to make you ready for Salisbury. Right? You know what I'm saying? So that's what God is trying to do in you. He's trying to develop you. Listen, the promise is already there. It's already spoken. God is just saying that I'm trying to make you ready for the promise that I'm trying to get you to. And, and, and develop you and create in you. He, he said there's got to be some things, some struggles that you have to face and some things that you have to go through. But in through it, I'm going to develop you through it. You all know the story of, of the caterpillar and, and how he's in the cocoon and how if you, if you pull him out of his cocoon prematurely to help him get out of it, he'll die. You have to allow the struggle to pl take place in order for you to strive. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? you got to allow those things, and that's what Abraham was doing. He was going through some things in his life that he didn't really understand what God was doing, but he still stepped up to the plate and said, You know what, God? If you, said, you, if you spoke it, I'm going to go after it. We have, to have that, that we have to have that kind of mindset in our lives and say, God, if you said it, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to go after it. 100%, that's what I'm going to do. Not only did he say, I'm going to make you into a great nation. In other words, he said, I'm going to develop you. He said, I'm going to make your name great. Did you, did you know that God wants to make your name great? In other words, he said, I'm going to design you. I'm going to fashion you. I'm going to make you into something. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to, everybody who hears about you will know who you are and know that you're blessed and know that my anointing's on you and, and know, that, know that I walk with you and know that, and, and, and they're going to know that you walk with me. He, God says, I want, to I want to make your name great. That's what he told Abraham. He wants to make you great. Not only does he want to develop you, Charlie, but he wants to design you you into who he's called you and created you to be so that way you can be great on the inside it's not that you specifically by yourself is great it's just that he's saying that the only way you can be great is if you walk and you're with me and that's the only way you can be great is if you're with me 
And so we have to understand in order for us to be great, we have to step into what God has called us to do. Does that make sense? We have to go towards the promise. We have to go towards those things that God wants for our lives. And then this is what he says. This is what he says. He says, not only am I going to make you into a great nation, not only am I going to make your name great, but he said, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Right? So in other words, what he said is, is I'm going to be your defender. So not only is he going to develop you, design you, but he said, you know what? I'm going to be your defender. That it doesn't matter what comes your way as long as you're following after me. As long as you're coming after me, I'll be your defender. Right? He says, whatever tries to get in your way, whatever tries to destroy you, whatever tries to, to take you down, whatever tries to, to, to come in your way, whatever, tries to, whatever thing tries to drive a wedge in between you and, and me, I am going to destroy. He said, whoever curses you, I will curse in other words, God said, you know what? Let them do what they want to do. I'll take care of it. And that's how I think we need to, un we, we need to go into this, into this relationship with God and know that when we're on our way to the promise and being developed in who God has called us to be and that this process that takes place, this Christianity, this walk that we continue to go through, that there's going to be circumstances, there's going to be struggles, but we have to understand that God will be our defender and He will go before us and He will shield us and He will keep us protected so that way we can get to the promise that He's called us to. If, if you need victory in your life, guess what he's going to do? He's going to defend you from and deflect all those things that are trying to come against you so that way you can step into all he's called you to be. You understand? But if you don't allow him to develop you, if you don't allow him to design you, there's no way he can defend you. Why? Because you'll be vulnerable to the enemy and you're not allowing his word to wash you. You're not allowing him to protect you. You're, not, you're doing things on your own. And that's essentially what happened to Abraham and his wife. They said, this is just too hard. Like, let's just do this on our own. And we, we can't, we have to understand, we can't go into this alone. Though Abraham didn't have children yet, his name still meant exalted father. And this is where I wanted to get to. That God said, I'm changing your name because he ended up changing his name to Abraham after he had the child. He said, I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham. I'm changing it from exalted father to father of many nations. So in other words, what God was trying to say was, is that it's not about you anymore. It's about what I'm going to do through you. Because he said, right now your, your, your name is exalted father. That's who you are. But then he changed his name because of the promise that he gave him through Isaac and said, this is your offspring, and there's going to be many that will follow after that. He said, you know what? It's not about who you are. It's about what I'm going to do through you. So what it is, is is that God will get us to a place where we have to recognize that it's not about us. It's about what he wants to do through us to bless others and to be there for others and to pray for others and to, to, to you know, be who God has called us to be and to be the church. Because I don't know about you sometimes, isn't that the hard, one of the hardest things to do? It's easy to raise your hand and say, I'm a Christian, but do we actually live it out? Do we actually forgive one another? Do we actually love one another? 
Dude, I mean, just like that guy that was on, on a, I, don't, I forget the guy's name, but it was all over Facebook. The young guy who's, this girl murdered his brother, and you've seen it. It was, you know, in court. He said, I just want you to know that I forgive you. Told this young lady, I just want you to know I forgive you for killing my brother. Right in court. I forgive you. And, 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 the, and, and he said, the only thing that I believe my brother would want is that you would just give your heart to Christ. In the courtroom, staring at the woman who murdered his brother. That's living out the gospel. And in the midst of it all, he looked at the judge and said, Judge, can I, can I hug her? Can I hug her? And the judge said, yes. And, I mean, as soon as they embraced, I mean, all I could see is the love of Christ through that man. It was like Christ himself came down and wrapped his arms around that young girl who murdered his brother. And all I could sit there and think is, if that was me in that situation, would I be that? Would I be that humble? You know, somebody who would who killed my brother, killed my sister. What would I be, Pastor Ryan, in that moment? I mean, could, could, you know, when, when the chips are really falling, when the chips are really down, are you really are you really going to follow what the Bible says? Are you really going to? Are you? It's easy to praise Him in the midst of service, but when we walk out, you know, walk out the doors, it's 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 sometimes can be hard to actually be be who God has called us to be, and to be a disciple of Christ, and and to follow Him and follow His ways. Just because you may not be fully who God has created you to be doesn't mean you'll never get there. You understand? Sometimes God will give you a promise that doesn't line up with the circumstances around you. God identifies with what he spoke over our lives. We begin to not believe what he said, so we have to understand that we, we have to believe the promises that, that God has spoken over us because there's going to be times when we're not going to understand what God, what is going on around us because what happened with Abraham was was look this there's like four or five things that he went through watch Abraham went through a, a promise went, or went went through the promise and lied when he went to Egypt you, you can read the process from Genesis chapter 12 up until this chapter Abraham was with his wife and lied about Sarah being his wife. Abraham had conflict with his nephew. Abraham had to rescue his nephew. Abram, Abraham doubted God would give him children. And then he cons consulted with his wife, Sarah, to have a child, you know, with another woman. So sometimes there's things that we go through that, that, that the God has, there's the promise that God has spoken and then there's the circumstances that lie around it. That sometimes it don't look like God's with us. Sometimes the circumstances around what God has spoken over our lives doesn't seem like it's going to happen yet. But I believe that through it all we have to understand this. This is what really spoke to me in this, in this passage of Scripture when I was reading this. Is that now the Lord was gracious to Sarah and he has said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. And the Lord 
did for Sarah what he had promised. And I start replaying that in my mind. I'm saying, God, you know, sometimes it don't look like you really called me to do this. Sometimes it don't look like you really called me to be who I am. Sometimes it don't look like, you know, you know, when I see when there's struggles and there's circumstances around me, there's storms that I'm facing and there's there's just one thing after the other and the enemy is just penetrating. The enemy is attacking. It just doesn't look like really, God, what you have promised is actually going to come to fruition. Well, but but this really got me. It says it says, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. I don't I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I believe that whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, God will do what he said he would promise. God will do in your life what he said he would pr he promised he would do. If God said that you're going to get the victory, guess what? You're going to get the victory. If God said you're no longer going to have anxiety, guess what? You're no longer going to have anxiety. If God said that your marriage is going to be blessed, guess what? Your marriage is going to be blessed. If God said your relationship is going to be blessed, guess what? Your relationship will be blessed. If God said that he's going to make a way when it seems like there is no way that you just keep holding on and you keep fighting, guess what? What he had promised he said he would do he's gonna do it it doesn't matter what battle you're facing what struggle you're going through if God said it he will do it you understand what I'm saying I mean even even John the Baptist got to a place where he was doubting God you know even John the Baptist he, I mean he 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 actually was the one who baptized his own cousin saw the Holy Spirit descend upon Jesus right and then when they threw him in prison, when they threw him in prison, he started doubting. Hey, his disciples went to go see him in prison, and he said, Hey, can you go to Jesus and ask Jesus if he's really the one that we're looking for? Is he really the Messiah? And guess what Jesus told his disciples when they came and asked him? He said, You go back and tell John that the deaf ears are open, blinded eyes are being opened, the dead are being raised. The sick are being healed. Sometimes we just need that confirmation and just know that God is who he said he is. And if God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And when he's promised us something, he's always going to come through. That in the midst of it, he's just trying to develop us. He's just trying to create in us who he's called us to be. I hope this isn't boring you. But I want you to know that Abraham was 75 years old when God spoke to him. And he was 100 years old when he finally had his promise. 25 years. Now, I'm not saying that your promise is going to take 25 years. But I do want you to know that some things are worth waiting for. That don't make a decision like Abraham. Don't settle for Ishmael. When your Isaac is on the way. Does that make sense? Don't settle for Ishmael. When your Isaac is on the way. Because I believe that God has greater for you. That we can't. That even when times get tough and times get hard. Doesn't mean that God isn't still with you. And, and that God still hasn't promised you. It just means that in the midst of it, you have to trust and believe that he's going to make a way through it. And that sometimes it might be hard, but his promise is still going to come to pass. So don't settle 
for Ishmael when your Isaac's on the way.